On today's show, Ferrari reports its earnings and it is minting money. Passenger car sales continue to crater in the U.S. market and our final installment of the design and engineering problems with Tesla's Model 3. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily, the show for enthusiasts of the automotive industry. While Ferrari is a money-making machine, the company just posted its earnings for 2017 and the numbers are impressive. It sold just under 8,400 vehicles, which is up 5%. That helped push its revenue to 3.4 billion euros, which is a 10% improvement. But look at how much of that money dropped to the bottom line. Its earnings before interest and taxes shot up 30%, while its net profit skyrocketed 34%. That's a lot of money for not a lot of cars. And Sergio says he wants that EBIT number to hit 2 billion euros in just four years' time. Skoda is expanding its SUV range to three models and is showing renderings of what the concept will look like. The compact crossover wears the automaker's signature grille, but the rest is an entirely new design language. The rear taillights have a Volvo vibe, and look, more shark fins. A large display screen sits in the middle of the dash and is surrounded by illuminated crystal glass. It's a hybrid vehicle that by 2025 will be joined by more plug-in and all-electric cars. The Skoda Vision X will make its debut at the Geneva Motor Show. So do you think you have figured out the way Mercedes names its models yet? Good for you, but it's all about to change again. Mercedes just filed for trademarks in Canada and other markets that would change the numbers, but not the letters. All vehicles will have just two numbers now. Mercedes-Benz models will have a number that ends in zero, while all AMG models will end in a three. For example, it's filed for A40, CLA40, GLE50, CLA53, and S73. The new naming should be fairly easy to pick up. Still to come, despite all the advancements in computer-aided design and simulation, designers still prefer using clay. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, advanced materials that deliver better results. And by Lear, a global leader in automotive seating and electrical systems. Sales of new cars and trucks in the U.S. continue to soften, but the SAR reached 17.1 million vehicles, so the market is still strong. Automakers sold 1.1 million vehicles, down 3% from a year ago on a daily selling rate basis. Consumers continue to buy fewer passenger cars and more crossovers, SUVs, vans, and trucks. The truck segment accounted for 68.8% of all vehicles sold, and it's probably going to hit 70% sometime this year. Here's another shocking statistic. General Motors, Ford, and FCA only accounted for 35% of all vehicles sold, despite their strength in trucks. That's mainly because of a double-digit drop in sales at both Ford and FCA. Now let's look at the full-line manufacturers. GM saw its sales drop, but they fell less than the overall market did, meaning it picked up some market share. Toyota had a very strong month, up 12%, 
But Cox Automotive says Toyota boosted its fleet sales by 69% last month. If you take those fleet sales out, which mostly went to daily rental companies, then Toyota sales would have been down. Ford saw a 10% drop, and Lincoln really pulled those numbers down, with sales falling 30%. FCA sales dropped 16%, with every single brand except Alfa Romeo going down. And just as we predicted, Nissan has surpassed Honda in sales, but Nissan ramped up fleet sales by 48%, and without them, it would be far behind Honda. Overall, it was a decent month. The slowdown is really caused by the drop in passenger cars, and now we have to wonder, how low can they go? At some point, the market for passenger cars has to hit bottom, but right now, they're still in a free fall. Automakers are using more and more technology in car development, but there's still one area where an old-school approach is preferred, and that's with design. On AutoLine this week, Michael Simcoe, the head of global design at General Motors, explains why clay models are still an important part of the design process. Any designer who, uh, who, who I guess, who knows what they're doing is, is relying on uh, the sculptors, the clay sculptors and, and uh, the math sculptors to, to take their design and, and, and give it that level of passion, that, that human touch, and that's, that's really important. If you think about a, a clay model in an environment, these, these, these physical models have a being, and that sounds a bit, a bit wacky, but uh, you know, they, they, they live in an environment and, they, and people react to them, and, and they, you don't react that way to a, a virtual model or a 2D. You, you, the, the physical being in place is very, very important. And you said before the show that you're actually doing more clays now than in the past. Yeah. Does, so does that mean per model, or you're that's just more, because you've more, more, more exploration? Yeah. Um, and be, okay. because we, we, we now are, uh, are doing a lot more, um, if you like, uh, unbranded advanced work, which looks to the future you know, for autonomous and some of our electric um, platforms, uh, as well as branded advanced, which is you know, the next generation and future generations, the, the design strategy, if you like, around the brands. Um, we're doing a lot more of that work. For a deeper dive into GM design, you can watch that entire discussion right now on Autoline.tv, or you can find it on our YouTube channel. Coming up next, we have our last segment on the engineering problems that Monroe & Associates discovered on the Tesla Model 3. Lighter, safer, stronger, quieter, and more sustainable. Tell us where you need to go, and we'll help you get there. Dow Automotive Systems. We don't succeed unless you do. Sandy Monroe is an expert at design, engineering, and manufacturing who does a lot of competitive benchmarking for automakers and suppliers. Right now, he's doing a benchmarking report on the Tesla Model 3, and all week long, we've been showing you what Monroe & Associates have found as they dug into how the Model 3 was designed and engineered. And here's the final installment. But let's just uh, let's just have a look while we're still here. Let's just have a look at this, <laughs> at the gaps. I mean, if we look over here, um, I can barely get my uh, my fingernail in, and then we look over here. You know, I can almost put my thumb in. This is uh, this is a, a very unusual. I, I, the the stack ups, the tolerance stack ups on this car are just like nothing we've ever seen before. Not not since, like I say, the 70s or something. I don't I don't understand how it got to this point. I mean, these are 
These are flaws that we would see on a Kia in the 90s or something. This is very, very unusual for a car that, you know, is used to pairing, uh, you know, producing luxury vehicles. I can't imagine, I can't imagine how they, uh, how they released this. I, it's just a surprise, a really big surprise for me. We hope you've enjoyed this look into Tesla's Model 3. The entire video is now available to watch on our YouTube channel. And when Monroe & Associates finishes its complete teardown of the car, we'll let you know what they found. That's it for today. Thanks for watching and have a great weekend. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.